cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, uh, well, over the weekend, we've been uh, looking at a lot of different stories. Uh, Biden is, is in Ireland and uh, sort of making a fool out of himself over there. Uh, small crowds. Um, not a lot of uh, love for Biden, but... Uh, He's not really packing any kind of message. He's not taking any questions. He's not doing anything. Uh, and even when he's asked, like when he's getting on the uh, on the plane, whether he's going to run for re-election, uh, which <laughs> he never was elected in the first place uh, because, you know, the election was rigged. But nevertheless, he gets snappy. He snaps at because nobody can really believe that he's going to run. Everybody sort of suspects that Gavin Newsom is going to uh, run. Gavin Newsom spent his holiday uh, going through four Republican states, one including Montana, where California banned travel to Montana, trying to hurt Montana. And uh, there's uh, Gavin Newsom violating his own rules, just like he does everywhere else. I mean, it's absolutely hypocritical. Um you know, when he went during the mask mandates and things like that, he was going to fancy restaurants and traveling and going to sporting events with his mask off. You know, um, rules for thee, but not for me. That kind of thing happens in a country where we have two standards of justice. You know, I'm still perplexed about the BRICS thing because uh, big news over the weekend, too, and over the in, in end of last week regarding BRICS. Um, and Brazil, Brazil. So Brazil is calling on setting a new standard for the new dollar. And the only people to really report that was Russian today. And they were just showing a video of the Brazilian uh, speech, the new leader, the socialist, the radical lefty that is basically kicking Biden in the teeth. And Biden endorsed him and supported him over Bolsonaro. And that that's a little bit interesting. 
that Bolsonaro was the Trump guy, the Trump of the tropics, they called him. And he was more of like a nationalist. And he he stayed true to the dollar. Um, and then you have these socialists, leaders, that the Biden administration holds dear. And, you know, sort of like they like Maduro over um, the uh, Maduro's challenger in Venezuela. And uh, Trump right away picked the challenger. Uh, but Maduro was using Soros-rigged election machines to rig the election in Venezuela. And nobody in the globalist world uh, supported Maduro's leadership. Everybody indicated that there was fraud, just like there was a lot of indication that there was fraud in Brazil. And so you have all of this stuff going on that's uh, really a precipice for the new world order that they, everybody wanted. And the new world order is shaping up to be very much like a segregated world, a segregation. And uh, it was funny. I watched this uh, Sam Kinison joke, and he was talking about stop sending food to some of these places in the deserts where these people are living in deserts. It's like have these people move where the food is and stop with all this aid because the aid results to fraud and fraud is just a bunch of palm greasing and kickbacks and a way for uh, ambassadors and people like that to get rich. You know, the USAID uh, leader right now for the United States is Samantha Power. She was the one that, you know, unmasked all these people in the Trump administration prior to uh, the end of uh, the Obama regime and the beginning of Trump-elect, presidential-elect, Trump, president-elect Trump. And so Samantha Power was the U.N. ambassador at the time. And she just would spend her days unmasking and investigating and researching and and, uh, digging up, trying to dig up dirt on everybody she could. There were political adversaries. And that was just a foreshadow of what we see today. What we see today is Two standards of justice and political persecutions. We see uh, Trump supporters who complained about election fraud rotting in jail. We see censorship like there's no tomorrow. And we see a government that's just completely inept. You take the Pentagon leak, for example. The Pentagon leak, you have this leak. And you know it's just like, oh, okay, they're going to blame it on a right-wing treasonous minor and they're going to th- lo- throw away the key. They're just going to lock them up and throw away the key. And they're going to pile on a whole bunch of charges. And how are, aren't the uh, Republicans who, who you know, spend most of their time waving flags and cleaning up after their events? Uh, those are the treasonous ones. Those are the ones that hate America. And it's not enough to just wear a flag on your lapel pin, uh, a, a, a lapel, a flag pin on your lapel. And um, so on and so forth. So you say, well, okay, they're trying to tarnish the brand, sort of like what Budweiser did, you know, Anheuser-Busch did to their Bud Light brand, right? They tarnished the brand <laughs> probably forever. That was supposed to be a 48-hour tarnishment uh, mistake, if you will. 
But that's turning out to be three weeks of mistake now. So it's kind of an interesting development there. We're going to get into that today as well. But you take a look at you take a look at the uh, the the way they're trying to attack the conservative um, Trump supporters, right? And who knows who this person was supporting this uh, treasonous person that was on Discord. But they're using it. Uh, if you um, pay attention, you'll find out that they're using that. They're using that exploitation to crack down on censorship and get government's crimey little paws into your business online. They want to track everything you do and say in the digital world. So, you know, I don't know what the, I don't see the attraction. I mean, I, all I post. I, I've never I never posted a doggone thing that's personal on the social media. It kind of reminds me we we're, we're talking about this person who had tattoos all up and down their arm, and a lot of people listen. I I know have tattoos and 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 I'm not begrudging any of that. I don't have any tattoos personally, but but uh, tattoos. Uh, we were talking about. You know, there's a lot of reasons why people do tattoos. But one of the things was it was a young couple and they had what I thought was just a, a you know, a, probably not a great tattoo job all up and down their arms and stuff. And I just thought, I wonder if they'll regret that. I don't know. Some people get tattoos. They love them. Some people regret them. Right. But I was thinking, you know, so I just want to say that and preface, but I was thinking, a lot of times people who wear tattoos have this need to tell people like in the elevator, which is where we were, uh, tell people, strangers in the elevator, who they are. And then there are people that don't really care about telling people who they are. So like for me, I don't need to tell you who I am. I don't need to be speaking up whether it be silently with a tattoo or a T-shirt that says some message or um, my mouth, you know, and just saying words. Um, I don't necessarily need to tell people who I am. I, 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 you know, I'm in the news business and what comes, what, what, what I uh, tell you is about how I'm interpreting and analyzing some news cycles but for the most part, you don't need to know me personally or how who I am. You probably want to know whether I'm a good person or not and stuff like that. And I am in the media. But, I mean, for the most part, what, the, the people that get the tattoos that want to uh, show people who they are is one type of person. And then there's another type that stays quiet and doesn't really care if you know who they are just as long as they get the job done or what have you. So it's kind of an interesting little dynamic about what that says about a person, whether they need to wear a T-shirt that makes a statement or whether they don't. And uh, I like to keep things a little bit more close to the vest personally. That's my personal choice. I don't need to let people know what I'm thinking unless I'm on the radio or I'm asked the question. That's why I kind of liked the uh, exchange between Elon Musk and the BBC guy. They're still talking about that. 
about how the BBC guy uh, was asking some questions and Elon Musk would return the favor with a question of his own, sort of like a person in glass houses shouldn't throw stones, things like that. But it's kind of interesting. But we're living in this weird world. You know, you, you take a look at Bud Light and Bud Light came out with this new commercial and the commercial, the commercial was uh, with the Clydesdales and America and why America's great and and all this stuff. And I guess on Friday, they put a can of Bud Light out there and they said TGIF, like, thank God it's Friday. And they had a beautiful can of Bud Light with the beads of sweat, you know, on it and you're like, oh, I just, I want to have a Bud Light. Well, the beer, you know, and I did say it's made with rice. I never, I never saw, I saw the can recently. And the can said wheat, barley, and rice. So they're now even stating that rice is one of the key ingredients for beer. I think anytime you make beer, a beer, you use rice to make beer. It's just, that's starch. You know, that's just a filler. That's the cheap, cheapest rice, cheapest beans, right? Rice and beans, cheap, cheap food. So now I'd rather have an ale made with barley, the best barley, the best spring water, you know, whatever. But um, I like a, a good beer. I like a good dark beer. Um, but uh, this whole rice thing has got to, that's what makes American beers like Bud Anheuser-Busch bad. So, that problem's not going away. That's cost um now it's they're saying it's over six billion dollars in in and if you're a, a shareholder in Anheuser Bush, my goodness, you must be upset with this libtard Ivy Ligger from Wharton and Harvard, you know, that uh woman that should not be able to keep her job, that's for sure. She's been on the job for nine months. It took her nine months to go woke and go broke. Wow, what a travesty. And speaking of woke, you got this New York Post article that said, came out over the weekend. Male powerlifter enters women's event and breaks record. <laughs> that takes some real brass uh, you-know-whats to do that, right? To, to set the, break the record in a powerlifting and you're a dude? I guess there's a, there's a little bit of truth to that, right? No pun. Uh, pardon my pun. Male powerlifter enters women's event, breaks record. A bearded pro powerlifter entered a women's competition in Canada and smashed a record held by a trans lifter who was watching. (laughs) Oh, my God. What a freak show, right? It's just become a freakazoid show. Who shows up for that? Who is watching that? I mean... I can't even think about a bigger waste of time than showing up to watch a bearded dude beat the, another bearded dude's record and call it women's powerlifting. They're breaking the wrong record. They should be setting up their own record for the bearded trans powerlifter competition, right? And leave the women alone. This attack on women is just insane. Avi Silverberg, the head coach of Team Canada Powerlifting for more than 10 years, entered Saturday's Heroes Classic Tournament in Leftbridge, Alberta, 
after identifying as a female. I get, maybe it was a satire. Maybe he just did it to get the other guy off the books, right? The, the, the guy that was really acting like a girl. He then casually bench-pressed 370 pounds, beating the current Alberta women's record by almost 100 pounds. That record, 275 pounds. That's what, that's what they should do. They should get a whole bunch of men, identify for a day, show up and break all these trannies' records. <laughs> you know, when I saw that story, I think there might be something more to this. I don't know. Andres also holds the Alberta women's record for the deadlift. Okay. The trans lifter won. Now, they're just calling him a trans lifter. So this dude is like a real tranny, breaking all kinds of women's records. I, I don't know how you look at yourself in the mirror doing that for, for me. But so here's what I said. I said this um, last week. I. Uh, this tweet was from April 15th, but I've been saying all last week, I said they're going to use this Pentagon leak. They're going to use it to crack down on more censorship in the wake of the TikTok Restrict Act, which we all know was another way to get into your lives and restrict your ability and censor everything you say. So I... I I said this. I said, interesting how Biden's security failures, like the recent Pentagon leak, allow the same losers in charge to use their mistakes as a cheap excuse to censor people on social media. It's like punishing law-abiding gun owners for career criminals uh, who shoot the place up, whose sor- uh, who Soros DAs allow to roam the streets. Well, we're looking at New York crime, and right now there's a uh, committee today with Jim, led by Jim Jordan in New York holding a House committee on violent gun crime and violent crime and two standards of justice and the failings of the Bragg's DA in New York City. So they allow these shooters to roam the, the, the free the same people that say, well, we, we don't need cops. We need uh, psychiatrists to go out there on site and defuse the situation. These people can't even figure out how to keep these mentally ill transvestites, trannies off the street that are killing people now. So what makes you think they're going to be able to read a person and read the room? They're not. They're not going to be able to read the person or read the room. They're not skilled they don't know. It's not an exact science. And, you know, so far it's not worked out. You know, you take uh, Thrive NYC. New York City is as crazy and nutty as it's ever been. And de Blasio, his wife got over a billion dollars, over a billion with a B, and led Thrive New York City. It was a laundering scheme to just you know live large and they didn't make one audit they didn't do one report they didn't do anything they were supposed to get mentally ill people off the streets and set up housing projects for homeless they did none of that they did very little of it if any and they didn't even have like a report a benchmark analysis to see how they're spending the money. Of course, they never did an audit. You know, 
like the Clinton Foundation or any other money laundering scheme to pay uh, people for favors and and pay Epstein for uh, whatever you might want to call that experience. But that's what's happening. So naturally, I said that, and then they come out with a report that says NBC comes out yesterday saying exclusive. The Biden administration is looking at expanding how it monitors social media sites and chat rooms after U.S. intelligence failed to realize classified Pentagon documents circulated online for weeks. Officials briefed on the matter say. I said like clockwork, a treasonous right winger allegedly leaked Pentagon documents on the Internet, and within 24 hours, the Biden administration is exploiting the incident by advancing censorship and monitoring of Americans in the lead-up to the CBDCs and social credit scoring systems. They are doing the same thing with your Second Amendment. Every time there's a shooting, they want to punish the innocent gun owner. Interesting how they could never find the SCOTUS leaker over the Hobbs decision, nor didly, nor did Didley regarding the Chinese spy balloon, right? They get walked all over like a doormat when somebody is not bound by their authority. But the law-abiding American that has a family to raise and food to put on the table, they threaten them because those are the people that are uh, taking the least amount of risks and pushing back against the government that they know has gone off the rails and has become a banana republic. That's what's going on, folks. That's what's going on. So America and British forces, this is a Daily Mail headline. America and British forces, special forces, they found out from the Pentagon leaks, America and British special forces are inside Ukraine leaked documents claim. More than 60 elite troops from both countries are operating in war zone against Putin's forces. Wow. That's something. So I said, something tells me that the American and U.S. special forces, this is the part they won't tell you, okay? I said, something tells me about these American and British special forces that are in Ukraine, Something tells me that these American and U.S. special forces are only in Ukraine to cover up the corruption. Ensure that embezzling, laundered cash is going according to plan, you know, going to the right oligarchs that are getting things done, and that their Metabiota State Department USAID bioweapons stashes are protected and documents sealed or destroyed. They have to keep this stuff away from Russia because these were the things they were pointing pointing at Russia in the first place that started this war in the first place. Is all this underhanded black market stuff. And guess what else they're doing? Oh my goodness. They're using ISIS ISIS warriors. ISIS warriors. Remember how they paid for ISIS warriors? Um, they paid for ISIS warriors in the Middle East to secure the the uh, oil pipeline in Iraq that was feeding oil to the globalists in Europe and their slaves in Africa. And they 
decided to knock out the toll collectors like Qaddafi and Mubarak and replace them with Muslim Brotherhood leaders like Morsi in Egypt and Ram Benghazi as a mission, all to supply and fuel and finance ISIS to protect the oil pipelines that were flowing through Syria and into Africa and into Europe. And they hated Russia for being their chief competitor with the Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2 coming down from the north into Europe and also having a stronghold in Syria and setting up a toll booth there that was causing them some angst and they were having to be over-reliant on Erdogan in Turkey to try to get the oil up and into Europe from the Middle East. And that's what was going on there. And... That's why they hated Russia, because Russia was infringing on their profits. And that's why you got someone like Lindsey Graham that says, Putin's evil. Putin's this bad guy. Putin's a dirty old rotten scoundrel. Putin, Putin, Putin. And that's why also they needed and they depended on American soldiers in Syria to neutralize the threat and keep Russia at bay in certain sections and regions, like particularly Raqqa, Syria, where ISIS and al-Baghdadi headquarters was stationed. And, you know, the thing about that is, is that when Trump decided he wanted to move the troops out of Syria and guard the pipeline that ISIS was guarding, he decided, okay, I'm going to beat ISIS, and he beat them in a minute, Right. Then he pulled and he wanted to withdraw the troops from Syria and guard the pipelines and guard the oil, take the oil. That would have disrupted every single plan that, that our politicians had on the black market. And, and again, people were buying what they were able to buy weapons for oil, uh, drugs for human trafficking, you know, the four currencies, drugs, arms. Uh, energy and uh, human trafficking, sex slaves and uh, worker slaves, either way. Or, or um, for that matter, ISIS slaves, because that's really what ISIS is. I mean, can you think of a worse job than having to go out there and behead people on a daily basis for money so you could feed your family? Well, that's what ISIS is doing. And they kept the journalists out, you know, by saying, oh, we're going to behead jihadi, we're going to get jihadi John to just take your head off. And they do it on video camera so that no journalists are ever going to go over to Iraq anymore, right? For fear of beheading, right? So they kept the journalists out because they knew that if the journalists were able to look and see what's going on, there would be a lot of corruption on the ground that you weren't supposed to see. A lot of money exchanging hands. A lot of politicians like McCain and Lindsey Graham, you know, spearheading, being the tip of the spear and making a lot of money in the process. And that that has led to this Ukraine crisis that we have, which has now led to the collapse of the world order and perhaps the collapse of the dollar. And once the dollar becomes null and void, once the dollar becomes nearly non-existent, we are going to have a huge problem on our hands. And this is the biggest problem of all. 
this will be the biggest problem we've ever faced in our existence um, because we are going to be we're going to be like Argentina has 103% inflation Venezuela is not much different and here's you got this Brazil leader right so this Brazil leader I'm trying to get his name Brazil Pre, Brazilian President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva has stated that developing nations should move away from the U.S. dollar in favor of their own currencies in order to push back against American dominance over the global financial system. Do you know what's caused this? America, using these the, the dollar as a weapon. So much so that now they've got, like, if you don't do a carbon footprint the way we tell you to do it, um, we're going to go ahead and sanction you. If you buy your oil from Russia right now because it hurts our bottom line and takes away from our profits, you know, these politicians that were running oil out of Iraq, if you keep on buying Russian oil, we're going to sanction you. We're going to punish you. It's no longer like sanctions used as a last resort. It's sanctions used for coercion, uh, for greed, for money. It's sanctions... To say, and so they said, well, you know what? Take your sanctions and go fly a kite, right? We don't need your sanctions anymore. China has is, is got the yuan. We're going to go with China. So President Lula da Silva has kicked off the first state visit to China with a BRICS bank event. Bank event. Speaking in Shanghai on Thursday during an official visit to China, Lula from Brazil the new socialist leader of Brazil said that BRICS group, the BRICS group compromised of Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa should look for an alternative currency to the dollar for trade. Every night I ask myself why all countries have to base their trade, this is what Lula is saying, trade on the dollar. Why can't we do trade based on our own currencies? He said, who was it that decided that the dollar was the currency after the disappearance of the gold standard? Well, after the gold standard, Nixon did that, by the way, in 72, 71. But what happened there is um, the, the U.S. economy was so big and it was so respected. We were like a AAA economy. Uh, we had like great debt, great sheets, you know, great um, business, you know, bank sheets. Um, that our dollar was so strong that it was the standard based on performance. But now China is outperforming, and that's one of the problems. So that's that's why we have this statement here from Lula. Let's take a listen. Brazil's president has called for new ways of trading around the globe during his visit to China, suggesting to use national currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. Every night I ask myself, why should every country have to be tied to the dollar for trade? Why can't we trade in our own currency? Today, a country needs to run after dollars in order to export, when it could export in its own currency. Who decided that the dollar was the currency after gold? The call for de-dollarization comes as China and Brazil have conducted a transaction in yuan for the first time ahead of the Brazilian president's visit to China. The sides are expected to sign several agreements underscoring Beijing's role as Brasilia's key partner. 
Zulma Rousseff, the head of the New Development Bank, says that BRICS nations continue to prosper and have already outgrown the economies of G7 countries. BRICS has become even more relevant. Together, the countries represent over 40% of the world's population and approximately a quarter of global GDP. In purchasing power parity, it is estimated that the BRICS economy is already larger than the economy of G7 countries. I think the trip by uh, Lula, the relationship that's evolving with between Lula and the rest of the BRICS countries, and especially with China, is an enormous step in a long process. That long process has to do with the world adjusting to the enormous economic growth achieved by the People's Republic of China over the last 30 years. The United States is now going to have to share uh, the position of a superpower, economically speaking, uh, with the People's Republic of China. And one way that that happens is to allow the Chinese to enjoy some of the benefits, and they are economically very significant, some of the benefits that come from having a, a currency that is used around the world for economic trade and capital flows and so on. So this benefit that we had enjoyed is gone overnight and this really didn't happen overnight see this really happened uh during the obama regime and trump was trying to fix it and obama is still running the show he's like the puppet master to joe biden and his half of joe biden's cabinet is obama allies but it was obama that really did this it started with his Cairo speech. It started with the apology tour. It started with making excuses and apologizing for America. It started with stoking the flames of racism and our racial history. Um, but, you know, that's all being exploited, too, because now the the uh, United Kingdom is getting in on the action of reparations and, and British slave trade and stuff like that. And Australia is doing the same thing. And you're like, okay, these globalist monsters, they just play the same game. And the game is all about buying votes and dividing the, segregating the nation. And they're segregating the world. The world is going to be segregated. BRICS is pretty much going to be a slave uh, economy. Meaning that when you look at BRICS, you look at the world's population, you look at India and China who are in BRICS, and you look at that as being like about th- almost almost three billion uh, three billion people, and so they they have a com- their commodity is people, and they have a lot of natural resources, a lot of land mass. Russia and China and India represent a lot, and Brazil represent a lot of land, and then you got South Africa, right? But it, it, where you get all these precious minerals and gold and cobalt and stuff like that in in all these different neighboring countries in Africa. And um, and so what you have here is not only are they surpassing G7 in terms of buying power, but Russia itself has in, uh, surpassed Germany. And these banks in the West and this, this Western culture of rigged elections and censorship and the climate hoax, because the climate is all about repositioning um, slave trade. 
So BRICS is going to become the supplier, the manufacturer and supplier of consumption and the consumers of the West. And I think that the people that are the sellers and the manufacturers and the people who make things are going to be stronger in the long run than the people that are consumers who are dependent. Look at, Because you could look at it like this. The population that we have, we look at someone like Anheuser-Busch and we are offended. Or, or like, okay, say Pepsi or Coke. Well, they, the West is looking at it like this. They're saying, okay, even if you wanted to boycott Pepsi or Coke, one or the other, or Netflix or Amazon or Prime or whatever, say you want to do a boycott because you're offended by some corporate decision. It doesn't matter because at the top, BlackRock owns it all. But at some point, BlackRock is going to be more have more allegiance with the supply chain than they are with the consumer. And they're going to treat the consumer, which right now is the people that are consuming, us, you and me. And we're being mistreated by our corporate partners because we've been buying from Ford and Anheuser-Busch and, and uh, Walmart for a long time. And we thought that they owed the, us something. And then they turn their backs on us and go woke. And we're thinking, go woke, you go broke. But they're not going broke because their interests are global. And we don't have enough muscle as a consumer to even make one dent with a boycott. So because BlackRock in the end owns both the competitor and the challenger, you know, owns the woke and the non-woke. They, they, and they, they have a portfolio where they keep it mixed. So there's nowhere for you to go, nowhere for you to hide, no, no safe haven from this wokeness. What we have to do is we have to win elections. And even Trump, even though he won, uh, came up short in a lot of ways. But who, who, could really met, who could match the power that was going against him? I would say that, if anything, Trump was someone who took it better than anybody else could. Um, so I give him a lot of credit for that. What I don't do, though, is I don't give Don Jr. a lot of credit for his wisdom. We're going to get to an audio clip soon about that. But I said this. I said, pay attention to what's going on in America. Our financial systems, Wall Street, NATO, BRICS, collapse of our dollar, World Economic Forum, lobbyists confirming their vaccination, vaccinating our livestock this month uh, with uh, mRNA vaccines, it should be very clear why the huge push to take your guns, right? So not only that, but um, there a lot of these people coming across the open borders don't even have polio vaccines. So what kind of diseases are we going to get down the road? Um, so it's this was in response to, to what Kamala Harris said last week. Weapons of war don't belong on the streets of our of a civilized society. We need leaders like the Tennessee Three who have the courage to act in state houses and in the U.S. Congress. Well, of course, we know what a fraud the Tennessee Three is, right? They're, they're actors. Like Dylan Mulvaney was... Do you know that Dylan Mulvaney went to acting school, is an actor? That's what he is? He was in the theater department? <laughs> I promise you this. So anyway, 
gun control. It only ends well for those who control the guns. That's a meme. It's true. And here you got Black Lives Matter, another ruse, right? This is all another ruse. I said Black Lives Matter um, is an $83 billion grift created by Eric Holder and Obama in the wake of Michael Brown, hands up, don't shoot, lie in Ferguson to stop the migration of black liberals. Now pay attention to this, folks. This is exactly what Black Lives Matter was all about. It was to stop the migration of black liberals going conservative after waking up to Obama's failures. They were waking up and they were saying, he's not for us. This is why Trump said, what the hell do you have to lose? Black Lives Matter continued in full force after Trump's successes with Opportunity Zones, HBCU funding, significant pardons, and unprecedentedly positive black unemployment and labor participation. The Black Lives Matter liberal strategy was to divide black conservatives from liberals, knowing that the most effective way to turn a black liberal to conservative is by having a black conservative friend or family member um, basically ray, you know, uh, sway them over. So, so the best way to turn a black liberal to conservative is from a black conservative friend or family member and raise money to buy their loyalty and flawed ideas. So they applied this strategy to our entire country. So what they were trying to do is stop the black conservative brothers and sisters and family members and friends from talking to the black liberals and making sense to the point where the black liberals would be like, I think you're right. Obama is a fraud, right? And they were trying to stop that, and they stopped it by raising $83 billion and getting all kinds of endorsements and corporate sponsors and all kinds of things to maintain the liberal agenda. Because without the black vote, liberals can't win. And so corporations said, well, if we're going to continue to have open borders and if we're going to continue to have globalism and we're going to continue to get our slave labor from China with the ruse of climate change, because climate change is just a ruse, it's just a fake hoax designed to get to, to prevent and stop manufacturing in the West and advance and, and accelerate manufacturing in the East. And that's why they consider China to be a developing nation. And that's why uh, corporations are being forced to push their manufacturing to cheap labor markets in China and India and elsewhere. So the Black Lives Matter liberal strategy was to divide black conservatives from liberals, knowing that the most effective way for uh, to turn a black liberal to conservative was from someone they know, like a black conservative friend or family member. And then they were to raise money to buy their loyalty uh, for the left uh, with rep- promises of reparations. That's where the reparations came in. And push their flawed ideas. They applied this strategy to our entire country with LBGTQ, trans reparations, masks, social distancing, open borders, and election fraud. And if you complain, they will censor you 
and lock you up. Welcome to liberal USA. It's a banana republic. I wrote that. I also said this. To be clear, I don't support TikTok and have never used it. However, it's hypocrisy to listen to them attack TikTok when politicians and their government agencies have done far worse to its own citizens by spying, in, uh, spying, incarcerating, and censoring using their Americans' established social and corporate media partners. They are only threatening a TikTok ban so they can get paid to not ban them at all and get some of their CCP action. It has nothing to do with national national security. It has more to do with election outcomes. In fact, TikTok recently hired a pro-Biden PR firm to promote itself, promote its uh, agenda. And this whole thing about trans pronouns are as much about impacting and controlling free speech as FTX was to regulating CBDCs and crypto as much as 9-11 was to the Patriot Act impacting civil liberties, or as COVID green-lit mail-in election fraud as much as carbon footprint has been to slave labor in China. It's true. And then here you have slave labor in China are coordinated and driven by the climate hoax in the globalist socialist G7 tyrannical West. China uses enslaved Uyghurs as part of their slave manufacturing that BlackRock owned uh, that BlackRock owned multinational corporations and World Economic Forum partners profit from. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, Tucker came out with an interview with Elon Musk. And get this. What I just told you about um, how um, I, I had said last week, TikTok the reason why they're cracking down on TikTok is because TikTok is giving their metadata to the CCP, and they're not sharing it with the West. They're not sharing it with American politicians. They're certainly not sharing it with the liberal agenda, and they're just sharing it with the CCP. So then naturally what happens is we went in on uh, the politicians in Washington went in on the action. They're like, Facebook cooperates with us. You know, I'm talking about the FBI, the Department of Justice, and the people that rig elections for a living. They they have their hand in the cookie jar with Twitter. We know that through the Twitter files. They have their hand in the j- cookie jar. We know that through, through Zuckerbucks and Mark Zuckerberg and the censorship that goes on on Facebook. And TikTok was sort of like, Doing all this for the CCP, and we, we have the nerve to complain, right? So here's what um, Elon Musk said: exactly what I said ten days ago. The degree to which uh, various <clears throat> government agencies had effectively had full access to everything that was going on on Twitter uh, blew my mind. Um, I was not aware of that. Would that include people's DMs? Uh, yes. The degree to which yeah, your direct messages, right? The reason why the Biden administration has such a hard time with TikTok is purely because China does not allow the U.S. government to control TikTok. U.S. government, this is what Elon Musk said, U.S. government had full access to Twitter user activity, including DMs under previous management. But they didn't have that with TikTok. TikTok's going to make sure that they do have it in order to stay alive. Working from home, 
means corporations can hire people from India willing uh, to work for a fraction of American salaries. Uh, let's see. Um, work for a fraction of American salaries to do the same job of our liberal arts graduates who have a debt they can't pay. Re- reject student loan forgiveness. Promote skill-based training. Well, you know, we, we need more welders in our country, that's for sure. Um, we're going to go ahead and take John from Chicago. Welcome, John. Hey, hey, Scott, how are you? Pretty good. Yeah, I agree with the last thing you said about the uh, need for skill-based training, that's for sure. And there's a lot of useful college college graduates who have yeah. really bad attitudes and really buy into the woke stuff. That's, that's a whole other issue, but it's part of the problem we have. You know, you talked about TikTok and the issues that are um, – uh, sort of existence or extents between um, the U.S. government and TikTok. And I don't know that I see the same kind of fear within the U.S. population as the government feels. So government officials, elected and, and bureaucrats alike, are upset about TikTok. The average person isn't. And I'm not terribly worried, I guess, about TikTok, in part because I feel that the Chinese government's going to do less to me than my own government. So uh, I've been saying the Elon same Musk thing. About, yeah, I mean, so what if they, let's say, what if they, let's say they, so I don't, I'm not, I never use TikTok, I have no you know, use for it, but if I had, and they knew something about my habit of what kind of videos I watch, so what are they going to do to me? My own government, however, if I watch something they perceive to be improper in any regard, whether it be regard to race, uh, sexual identity, or, you know, whatever the, the cause du jour is of today, and let's say we have a CBDC. Do I put it past them to sort of put a freeze on my bank account or something of that sound and, and some sort of brave new world? No, I don't. And that's how bad it's gotten. I trust uh, that I probably won't be, I don't necessarily trust the Chinese government. I don't think they're going to do anything to me. I do think my own government will, however. And if you look at the British, for example, all the online hate crime type nonsense, the insanity that they pursue uh, against their own citizens, and they do do that. People get you know, prosecuted for online, and the stuff they get prosecuted for is, is ludicrous. So is it that much of a long of a step for the U.S. government to get there? Just jumping across right, the right. Not at all. So I'm less upset about that, but yet our government is very upset about this, from even That's right. Josh Hawley to others. And it should make you pretty suspicious. It tells you how out of whack our priorities are, because we're not, they're, not, they're not unhappy with Facebook for handing out our information. Or Google for working on these algorithms. That's right. No, no, they're just mad that TikTok is doing it and they're not benefiting from it. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, but listen, we're we're, we're limited with time today, sure. and uh, but I, I I do appreciate you calling in. I got a couple more tweets I wanted to go through that no I problem. wrote, but thank you for calling in. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Take care. Bye. All right. Uh, yeah. So um, got this one thing it's, I wanted to get to. It says how Biden's green energy economy is benefiting left wing millionaires. Right. You think one of the things is, is this new thing, a COVID relief stimulus package. Three hundred million dollars is going to Bill Gates and um, and Jobs is uh, widow, uh, which is kind of Steve Jobs widow. I said this. Not all laundered money is dark. 
but all dark money has been laundered and untraceable. And it's how politicians get rich in the name of patriotism. State Department, USAID, CIA have been using dark money against Russia in the Middle East and in Ukraine for decades, where one grift washed the other, and politicians and their donors got rich in the name of patriotism, arguing altruistic endeavors to thwart Russia without American America being blamed or upsetting another superpower. The four currencies in the black market are energy, arms, human trafficking, and drugs. And that supplement uh, that supplement cash seized by government overthrows and misappropriated tax funds, like what we did in Libya, for example. Here you got Buttigieg saying car crashes are caused by racism, um, and he's basically talking about the roads. Um, I said this. I said, remember when ISIS was paid by U.S. politicians during the Obama regime to act as mercenaries to guard Saddam's oil pipelines into Europe and Africa? African toll collectors like Mubarak and Gaddafi were replaced by Obama's Muslim Brotherhood allies like Morsi in Egypt and Ran Benghazi in Libya, then initiated a hate Russia campaign because they were a competing oil producer with control of Syria. Journalists were kept out by threat of beheadings, while arms shipments to Ukraine and Afghanistan were traded for Iraqi oil, while shipments to Africa were traded for gold and mining land rights. Mitt Romney and Kofor Black were major players in Afghanistan and Ukraine, as was McCain and Lindsey Graham and the entire Biden crime family. They hated Trump for annihilating ISIS in a month and you, you and used U.S. soldiers to guard Iraqi pipelines. Now U.S. is paying the price. Uh, uh, now U.S. is paying ISIS murderers to help fight Russia and Ukraine. So according to this news article, U.S. recruits ISIS terrorists to fight in Ukraine. Intelligence agencies claim that Washington is ready to use any means, including hiring ISIS fighters as mercenaries. I've been saying this for how long now, folks? And now it's just being written up in stories. I'm telling you, this world and what we're dealing with is more corrupt than you can imagine. But, um... That brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Uh, well, let's, let's see. Check out magapack.org. Check out magapack.org and make a donation if you can to support America First policies to make America great again. Also, uh, check out shenyun.com. Find out how you can get tickets to see the events in Philadelphia and in Baltimore. Um, I'm going to be going to the one in Baltimore. Uh, which is kind of cool, next weekend. So that's going to be interesting. Also, um, check out uh, MyPillow.com. Use Red State as your promo code over at MyPillow.com. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye. The mound's getting steeper. Grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there. 